Tuesday, February 27th. Oh, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much for stopping on by. It's the Damon Bruce Show here on YouTube. We're over on Twitch. You can download that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And today we begin with an unprecedented thing that's never happened before. We're starting with the sip of the day. I just took a sip before we came on here. It's perfect. It's perfect right now. Mmm. Tell your kids you were there when Damon started a show with the sip of the day. Where were you? I was there. I saw it with my own two eyes. We seriously need to get outside more. We all need to get outside more. I love you, Plusers. You need to get outside more. Uh, what we need to do is get together. Plus Mania 3, the Revenge Halfway Club, this Sunday, March 3rd, 4 o'clock. I hope you plan on coming on out to the Halfway Club on Geneva, Crocker, Amazon neighborhood. Basically, the name of the neighborhood should be locals only here in San Francisco. We're not going Marina. We're not going down by Ballpark. We're not going anywhere. There might be anyone wearing a Tech Bro vest. This is straight up hoodies and jeans. That's what I'm talking about. By the way, I'm even rocking a hoodie today. A little Ike's here, little Ike right there. And when I start telling you how delicious Ike's is, there's going to be an Ike that that appears like right here. It's going to be Ike Inceptions. What a day. It's good to have you here today. We're going to start with none of the above, just like the thumbnail said we would, because it was just yesterday Right when we were getting off the air, as a matter of fact, that Matt Mayoko came out to report that Brandon Staley has interviewed for the defensive coordinator job. Nick Sorensen has also interviewed. He would be an in-house hire. And they're going to interview Daniel Bullock's a little bit later on this week. And so those are three absolutely by the team identified candidates for defensive coordinator. And there are two others that Kyle Shanahan did not want to talk about. Who are those two others? Well, it feels like it would come from this group of five, right? The five being Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, very much a long shot. Probably all three of those are long shots. Jeff Ulbrich and Chris Kiffin. I'm guessing that the two other unidentified interviews are coming from that group of five. And it really feels like the defensive coordinator that the 49ers are looking for is going to come from one of the two names yet to be identified. Because, look, maybe Daniel Bullocks is going to be one of the up-and-coming defensive minds in football history. I don't know. And the point is, neither do the 49ers. Nick Sorensen also falls into the category of you might be the right guy for the job, but the fact that you don't have the ability to hit the ground running with past defense coordinator knowledge, the last thing that the San Francisco 49ers need is someone doing anything for the first time. Can we all agree on that? This is a team that is in, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's an unenviable position. Anything other than winning a Super Bowl is a regression. That is a really tough cave to live in, isn't it? I mean, think about living with that pressure. Anything other than being named best picture at this year's Academy Awards means your movie flopped. 
No matter how much money it made, no matter how much people liked it, no matter how much critics reviewed and raved about it, no matter your Rotten Tomatoes score, if you didn't win Best Picture, your movie sucked. This is the world. This is the very unique universe that Kyle Shanahan has built for himself, and they need to live in this universe because it's theirs. They own it. Anything other than winning a Super Bowl is a regression. So if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I am not giving this job to a first-timer. No matter how much I believe in them, no matter what I think they might be someday, this is just not the inflection point for a first-time anyone, anything, anywhere within the 49ers organization. You know, it's the wrong offseason to replace Joan in payroll. You don't need a new New Joan, another Joan. You need crusty, veteran, savvy Joan in payroll, okay? So no time for anything new. No new guys. No new friends. Brandon Staley. Maybe overcast or, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, overassumed that he could carry a movie by himself as the lead actor. He's not cut out to be the head coach that he hoped he would be. As a defensive coordinator, he has won a Super Bowl. Now, Brandon Staley spent so much time being a national punchline with the Chargers that that doesn't feel like the name any 49er fan would want. But of the three names identified, Brandon Staley, Nick Sorensen, and Daniel Bullock's Brandon Staley in that group of three is number one with a bullet, right? I mean, number one, if you, ha- if, if you got to hire one of those three guys to go forward with, give me the guy who's done it. No first timers. But beyond Brandon Staley, I am much more interested in the two yet-to-be-identified defensive coordinator candidates more than I am on the other guys. It feels like the 49ers have released their list of, here's who we've talked to, it's not going to be them. That's what that feels like, at least to me right now. We will see if this gets done this week. Everyone's kind of waiting for this to get done this week, and hopefully it does get done this week because... You want all hands on deck for combine, for draft prep, and that will get us to a couple of other NFL stories here in just a moment. But uh, thank you very much for hanging out. Thank you for being here today. Hit like, hit subscribe. You'll be happy that you did. I'll be happy that you did. If you want to go ahead and drop a super chat, that's a great way to support the channel. If you'd like to go ahead and become a member, memberships are available, and I do hear that uh, Sports Bane will be addressing membership soon. Let's see if we can book him. Members only conversation coming up with Sports Bane if uh, th- this weekend, I believe. So just be ready for that. Um, liking and subscribing is a great way to support the channel as well. So memberships, super chats, we thank you very much for that. But just a like, just a subscribe, and thanks for watching as always. It's great to have you here. Um, and, and as always... I mean, it would be crazy for me to not tell you that a great way to support the channel is by supporting my sponsors. And again, sponsors at this particular time is sponsor. And when you got a guy like Ike backing you, it's really all you need. And that's why he's getting uh, Ike's inception. Not only is he a cutout, not only is he a graphic, today he's also a t-shirt. I'm wearing, well, actually, that's incorrect. Let's get it right. This is a sweatshirt. Um, And uh, beyond outfitting us, 
and being set decoration and being a graphic here on the channel, the man is also serving up absolutely delicious sandwiches all the time. Get a Paul Rubens today. Uh, it's, it's one of the best pastrami sandwiches you're going to find out there. Uh, get yourself a Paul Rubens. I like a little extra Godfather sauce on mine. I always add red onion. Always. I always do. No tomato. Lettuce, yes. Tomato, no. I don't like a wet sandwich. Um, get a Paul Rubens today. It's one of my favorites. He's got a couple of uh, Valentine's Day month of February specials that are being taken off the menu at the end of the month, which I do believe is what? Tonight? Tomorrow? We're getting close to it. Uh, yeah, 28 days in February. Today's February 27th. So that, I guess, would be tomorrow. Uh, get yourself to Ike's while you can. Get yourself his app, download it, and that's how I want you to order your sandwiches because over there, you start earning your way to free sandwiches. And if free sandwiches doesn't have your full attention, I'm not even sure we can be friends. It's kind of the way it goes. Um, it doesn't seem like the Denver Broncos are going to be friends much longer with Russell Wilson. All signs are pointing to this divorce happening and happening soon. Uh, saw a story on ESPN today. Denver Broncos coach Sean Payton this morning said that a decision on Russell Wilson's future with the team will come within the next two weeks. In other words, we are going to this combine. We are going to kick our can around and see if we like any quarterbacks we think will be there for us. And if we do, we are moving on, basically, is if we can interpret what was just said there. Uh, many in the league have believed that the Broncos would release Wilson since the quarterback was benched with two games remaining in the season. Peyton announced just after Christmas that Wilson would be benched in favor of Jared Stidham for the uh, December 31st game against the Chargers. Stidham, he also started the season finale on January 7th, and the Broncos, even though they went 1-1 one one in those games, they were two of the worst offensive performances of their four worst offensive performances and point outputs of the entire year. They scored 16 points in a win and 14 points in a loss to the Raiders. And look, I mean, where are we with Russell Wilson? It's pretty simple. It feels like we're at the end. Certainly, his time in Denver feels like it's coming to an end. It's going to go down as one of the worst trades. Certainly, it, it is the worst contract and the worst trade in the history of the Denver Broncos. It might be the worst contract and trade in the history of the AFC. Maybe there'd be an NFC tr tr trade or two that would trump that. I don't I'd have to look at all of it. I really, really would. Um, but it, it goes down as one of the worst contracts ever. A five-year, $242.6 million contract. On that alone, it would be bad because it hasn't worked out. You add the players and the draft picks that they included to get the deal done with the Seahawks. It's awful. It's awful. An awful contract. If the Broncos release Wilson, the team's going to take on $85 million in dead money cap charges over the next two seasons. I mean, that is bad. When you'd rather eat... 85 million over two years than see another down of football out of this guy. It ain't good. Sean Payton was brought in to fix Russell Wilson. And within like a month of being around Russell Wilson, it was pretty obvious. Sean Payton 
wasn't going to look to fix Russell Wilson as much as he was going to look to get rid of Russell Wilson. There is nothing between those two guys that seems to really be on the same page or working or liking of each other. Russ is still saying all the right things, trying to be uh, you know uh, popular in Denver. Russ wants to be liked by everybody. I don't think there's anybody in Denver that is excited about another year of Russell Wilson in the Mile High City. So it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Russell Wilson at Denver Broncos prices is a disaster. Russell Wilson on veteran minimum prices is something other teams will be interested in. I actually think he would be a very good stopgap for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, I could see him fitting in there a little bit. I really do. Uh, Not a long-term solution. Raiders should be drafting a quarterback and looking to groom him for the future as well. But you need something, and that something can't be Jimmy Garoppolo. It's probably not going to be Aiden O'Connell. You know what I mean? So, um, kind of an interesting thing happening there. Another interesting thing happening with the quarterback uh, who's... Either presence or absence will affect what we see at the top of the draft. Courtney Cronin, who is, you know, she used to be out here with us in the Bay Area working for the Merck. Now she, uh, by the way, Courtney Cronin, an Indiana University alumna. I'm very proud of Courtney and all she's done. She now covers the Bears for ESPN. She pops up on their radio shows, their TV shows. She's on Around the Horn all the time. Love that Courtney is doing so well at ESPN. Uh, Ryan Poles, who is the Bears general manager, said this morning that he has no master plan to reveal at the NFL Combine the team's decision on quarterbacks, but he wants to reach this decision in the next couple of weeks, and he wants to let Justin Fields know we either ride with you or you're going to be moving on. They don't just want him twisting in the wind. All Bears players and receivers are backing more uh, Justin Fields. That's really nice. Did I say Wilson? I meant Fields. Um, Justin Fields is a guy who can run like the wind. Everything about his quarterbacking beyond running like the wind is a little bit suspect. And let's face it, with the number one overall pick in the draft for the second year in a row, the Chicago Bears, I don't think are going to be trading that pick this year. I think they're going to be using that pick on one of the most highly touted quarterbacking prospects coming out in a long time, Caleb Williams from USC. Um, And I just think that that's the decision that they're going to go in. Now, Caleb Williams will instantly be paired with Matt Eberflus, and that will probably not work either. There's no such thing as Bears drafted quarterback, quarterback played well. It's just, it's never happened in the over 100 year history of the franchise, basically. There is no team in football with a bigger blind spot for a franchise quarterback than the Chicago Bears. They've never had a 4,000 yard passer, ever. In Chicago. Don't ever become a Bears fan. That's my advice to all of you. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's no no real reward waiting for you at the end of that yellow brick road. There isn't. So just trust Uncle Damon on that. Don't root for the Bears. It ain't fun.
Uh, we will get into the chat. We will be going into a little Club Plus a little bit later on. Uh, Old Dirty Hungus is saying that was a very aggressive under, right? I mean, it really was on the sip of the day. Um, people were blown away uh, how quick that was. Again, uh, 49er Ultimate Report, breaking news, sip of the day under one minute. It's It really is an amazing moment in the history of the show. Let's be completely honest. Uh, let's talk a little basketball, shall we, here on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Chris Paul is scheduled to rejoin the Warriors this evening in our nation's capital. The countdown to his next injury officially begins. <laughs> um, all joking aside, look, a veteran point guard of Chris Paul's ilk should be a little bit of what the Golden State Warriors need right now because the Warriors just need to up their efficiency. You know, we know that they can score. We've seen them play a little bit of defense. Stop making your own mistakes. Stop turning the ball over. Stop giving the other team just easy fast breaks in the other direction. And maybe Chris Paul does that. Chris Paul and Clay Thompson as your second backcourt. We haven't really seen that before. That'll be a little bit interesting. It will or will not work. We'll know, I think, quickly. Um, and and it's just sad that I got a little bit more faith in Chris Paul living up to his end of the bargain than Clay Thompson, who is really, it's there one minute and gone the next when it comes to Clay. It's been a really rough year for him. And speaking of rough years, Chris Paul's reemergence means we might not see Moses Moody again on the court this year if Chris Paul plays well. Not that Moody's a point guard, obviously, but Moody has been buried on this depth chart, and another guard getting worked into the mix is not good news for Team Moses Moody. So we'll see, you know, how maintaining his professionalism for the remainder of the year, he can give the Golden State Warriors because it doesn't seem like they're going to be asking him for minutes. They're just going to be asking him to sit there like a good little boy and not complain about anything. It, it's it's rough being the last guard on the Golden State Warriors right now, I guess, right? Um, meanwhile, the Warriors have an absolute must win to be taken seriously the rest of the way. If the Warriors lose in Washington tonight... I might stop covering the Golden State Warriors. Like, that is how much tonight is a must win. Uh, it would put them three games over 500. That would be good. It would make them 3-1 and one in their last 29 games remaining since the All-Star break came and went, and that would be a good start to their final 29-game stretch, 3-1. and one. It would get the bad taste, I think, out of their mouth, out of just having blown another considerable lead. Um, they they blew it to the Denver Nuggets. They were up 15 in that game. They lost that lead in that game. It would be the right way to start a four-game East Coast road swing. It's the Wizards, then it's the Knicks, Toronto, uh, and Boston. So you got to go 500 on this four-game road trip. And to go 500 on this four-game road trip, because right now the Knicks are playing pretty well, Boston is, I think, got the best record in the East, and Toronto is Toronto. That should be a win. Uh, well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But um, the reason why tonight is a must-win is because as the Warriors are trying to win their 30th game of the year, the Washington Wizards are trying to win their 10th. The Wizards have won nine games all season long. They just benched Jordan Poole. So that experiment didn't work out very well. The Golden State Warriors are playing a team that has lost 
14 in a row on its own home court, there are very few guarantees in life. Beating the Wizards on their own home court is one of the easiest things to do in a league where doing a lot of things ain't easy. Everybody beats the Wizards in Washington. So the Warriors better beat the Wizards in Washington too. This is a do not screw around with it. Handle your business. I don't care how you win this game, but you must win this game to have any credibility left about you as a basketball team. And, you know, got Draymond talking about, I think we could beat anybody. Well, I don't. But you damn well better beat the Wizards. So that's the job tonight. Beat the Wizards. It shouldn't even be that hard of a job. Brandon Crawford has not retired. Brandon Crawford has signed a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Tim Flannery, who uh, we all loved when he was the third base coach. Uh, Tim Flannery, Flan's a great guy. He said, I love Brandon Crawford. Congrats on the shortest retirement on record. He's my favorite player person I ever had the honor to coach. I mean, that's, didn't he also coach Tony, Tony Gwynn? That's pretty good. And Brandon Crawford obviously eats for free in the Bay Area the rest of his life. A great San Francisco Giant who at the end obviously lost the ability to be a, a major league hitter of any circumstance. Um, but watch his bat wake up a little bit in St. Louis. And Brandon Crawford as your everyday starting shortstop is poorly cast. Brandon Crawford as your backup shortstop that's as good as it gets. The, 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 the St. Louis Cardinals just signed a guy who is going to hit better in a better lineup in a more forgiving ballpark. And what we all know about Brandon Crawford is he can still pick it. He can absolutely still pick it. And Brandon Crawford can play backup shortstop. You can put him at third if you have to. You can put him at second base if you have to. Brandon Crawford, the utility guy? That's a good move for the St. Louis Cardinals. He can still field his position with the absolute best of them. So interesting Brandon Crawford news. Um, Boy, this popped up on ESPN's front page today, and it just made my, my dad heart start to flutter, right? I mean, whenever I see anything about a kid, I get, you know, just my dad spidey senses start tingling. Um... A very scary story out of spring training where Toronto Blue Jays reliever Eric Swanson had to leave spring training to tend to his four-year-old son who got hit by a car and was airlifted to a hospital in Clearwater, Florida on Sunday. Like, if you ask me, what worries you the most, Damon, about being outside with your kids? It's not them hurting themselves because kids hurt themselves all the time. That's just, you know, fall out of a tree, break an arm. That's normal. That's that's just, that happens. That's that's kid shit. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about stranger danger. I'm not worried about a kidnapping. I am worried about a kid running out into the street getting hit by a car. Like, I do worry about that stuff because I've got a four-year-old who does have his senses about him. My two-year-old might as well be running around with a blindfold on. Like, he couldn't give a shit what is in front of him. Ozzy is just, if he says, I'm going to go in that direction, he goes. And the truth is, El Stroco Loco over here can't keep up with him. 
Like if, if my two-year-old son wants to dust me and leave me behind him, I'm going to need a block or two to catch up. So I'm always worried about Ozzy getting hit by a car. I am the most grabbing that kid's hand whenever we're by a side, you know, the sidewalk dad you're going to find. The good news is here is that Eric Swanson's son, after scare, I mean, he was airlifted to a hospital, which rarely does good news travel by helicopter, right? Uh, his kid was airlifted to a hospital. John Schneider, the Blue Jays general manager, says to thanks to incredible work from Clearwater first responders, Toby is on the road to recovery and surrounded by his family. Oh, Oh, my God. So the story can't get scarier than that, right? Um, You know, you got to protect kids and little kids, and they're not responsible for their own protection. That's where the adults come in. Where you are responsible for your own protection is when you become a teenager, when you're in college. And that brings us to what is going to be the the final story of today. Because court stormings all of a sudden is in the headlines. Court stormings, uh, which is, you know, a great upset in a college basketball game. Kids storm the court. Memories are made. It happens. It's a good time, right? Well, John Shire, Bill Self, and other college basketball leaders have called for a ban on court storming in college basketball due to safety concerns and potential legal impacts for athletes and students. The conversation about court storming, according to this story on ESPN, uh, escalated over the weekend when Duke star Kyle Filipowski was bumped by a Wake Forest fan who spilled onto the floor following the Demon Deacons' upset win over the Duke Blue Devils on Saturday. That incident unfolded just weeks after a fan ran into a women's basketball court, knocked over Caitlin Clark was just essentially like knocking over the female Michael Jordan right now. You don't do that. Uh, She got bowled over in an upset loss to Ohio State. 11 conferences. The Atlantic 10, the Big East, the Big South, the Big 10, the Big 12, the Conference USA, Mid-Eastern Atlantic, the Pac-12, the WAC, the Southeastern, and the West Coast Conference recently told ESPN that a home school could be fined under certain circumstances, for court stormings. Memphis head coach Penny Hardaway says that court stormings had previously been a fun moment for fans to celebrate an upset victory, but in recent years, however, the tone around court stormings has changed. And I think I know why. I don't want to ban court stormings. I want to ban court stormings where your head is in your iPhone. Kids have been storming courts for hundreds of years. This has been happening without major incident for decades. Why is it not working anymore? It's because kids are so in their own phone trying to be a star on the gram or to trend or to have their social media blow up that you cannot storm a court as you're looking to film yourself storm the court at the same time. I don't think that there is better advice in life that anyone could get right now. And this obviously doesn't apply to anyone who's watching this show on a mobile device. Put your phone down. There really is no time in life where that isn't great advice. 
Put your phone down. Put it down at the dinner table. Put it down when you're sitting on the couch. Put it down when there's someone in the room who you might actually start a conversation with if you get the hell out of your phone. Put the phone down. Put the phone down when you're leaping onto a basketball court and storming with hundreds of other people. Put your phone down. Watch where you're going. Watch where your feet are dropping. Watch what's in front of you. What's in front of you? Hey, that's Caitlin Clark. Well, I didn't see her because I'm running onto a court looking at something right here. It, it, dude, be present. Be present. Generation TikTok. Not only are you a bunch of virgins who don't know how to talk to girls, you don't even know how to storm courts anymore, you douchebags. What's going on? Like, do you really want to be the generation that gets court storming banned? You fucking losers. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Jay Billis says, you know, court storming could be stopped today. You detain, basically, kids storm the court, lock the doors in the gym, and detain everybody in there, give them all tickets, give them all fines. Like, okay, you seriously think there's going to be like two or three cops in there who are going to write tickets for 4,000 kids storming a court? Like... What's worse, Jay Billis, having one or two kids maybe sprain an ankle in a court storming or start a 2,000-person riot where an entire student body beats a security and a police force to get out of a we've-been-locked-into-it gym? Guess what? Guess what? There's no way to make sure everything is safe. There's no way to make sure that no one will ever be hurt again. Well, yeah, there is. You ban court storming. Okay, you go ahead and try to talk reason into 800 kids coming out of the bleachers all excited at the same time. How do you do that? How do you do that? You're like Kevin Bacon in Animal House saying, you know, turn around while you're getting trucked by the entire parade. It's just, it, the fact that we have a generation that is so screwed up court storming that that now needs to be, like, God, dude, like, isn't there enough change in college? How about this? If you think that you're about to get court stormed and you're the visiting team and you're worried, call a timeout at the end of the game, get your team off the court in the last 10 seconds. There you go. There you go. How about this? You're a major division one athlete, which basically means you're a professional athlete. Don't let some kid from a dorm push you over. Stand your ground. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, God, is everybody's just, we live in a world of generation jostled about. Again, how do I know? That if there is a ground war, we'll never win it again here in the United States? Because we can't even handle court stormings. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It's fun. It's good. It shouldn't hurt anybody. What are we doing? And guess what? If you do go out there and you storm that court, whatever happens to you, that's on you. 
put it right on the back of the ticket. If you are found on the court with a broken arm, a broken leg, a sprained something, all the way to a chalk outline, no matter what happens to you, if it happens to you in a place that you're not supposed to be, no suing, no insurance, no nothing. And honestly, there's a little natural selection going on here, isn't there? Right? I mean, you know, uh, you know, how did Timmy die? Court storming? Well, Timmy wasn't going to make it in life anyways. Like, Timmy wasn't going to make it. Tim, Timmy, in the world that is the rat race that it is, this is the culling of the herd. This is getting rid of the dumbest, the slowest, the weakest of us. Like, that's it. How do you end up in the hospital? Uh, somebody upset UConn. <laughs> Come on. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So uh, we will go ahead and get into uh, a little Club Plusen. We're going to do it here. We're going to do it now. Let's get this defensive coordinator higher. Um, 420 Savage says, Dante Whitner, defensive coordinator. Dude, Dante Whitner, are you serious? Like, come on. He ain't a coach. Oh, but he says things on the TV show that I like. So what? Dante Whitner hasn't coached anything but a Pop Warner team if he's even coached that. We're talking about no new guys. No Dante Whitner. Let him go wear his berets or whatever cardigan sweater he's going to wear on whatever he's going to wear. Like, like no. Dante Whitner? Stop it. Just, no. No. Oh, well, he says a lot of things. He ain't a coach. He's not a coach. But he's played. He's got experience. He's not a coach. I, you know, you, I'm offering you Bill Belichick. You're like, give me Dante Whitner. You can't be helped. You are the type of person who might be run over in a court storming. I, I can't help you. Daft King, Warriors losing to the Wizards tonight would break me. If the Warriors lose to the Wizards tonight, I don't want to hear another word about what they might be ever again. Like, it, if, if the Warriors lose to the Wizards tonight, they should shut down Steph Curry for the remainder of the year. Because there's nothing going to happen in the remainder of the year if you lose to the Wizards tonight. Uh, you know, what do we got? Kaiser saying losing to the Wizards equals losing to the Spurs or the Pistons. Neither one of those teams has lost 14 in a row at home. With the player that they pin their hopes on just sent to the bench because they're a disaster. Like, the Wizards are in a whole other world of sucking right now that neither the Spurs nor Pistons really... Well, Pistons got there. They had a terrible year. There's no doubt. But this is this is a team that hasn't even won nine games yet. So, you can't lose. Chef A knows what I'm talking about. Warriors absolutely cannot lose tonight. My cat and kitten could beat the Warriors if they lose tonight. Yeah, and then the schedule gets rough. You're right about that, Smiley Dan. The schedule gets brutal. The Celtics in a matinee and Bucks right around the corner. 
Again, there's a four-game road trip. You've got to be at least two and two, which means you got to beat the Wizards. you got to beat Toronto. Hopefully, you go in there and maybe beat New York. I don't think you're beating Boston. So there it is. There's your show today. I hope it was a good one for you. I hope we didn't waste a minute of your time. We went over the defensive coordinator list of none of the above. I don't think the guy who's going to get the job has been identified yet. We've identified three people, Brandon Staley among them. Maybe it'll be Brandon Staley, but that feels like it'd be a little bit of a, I'm going to have to see it to believe it more than a, oh, I'm instantly excited about that hire. Um, we went over Brandon Crawford getting a new deal. We went over what the Warriors need to do tonight. We went over a couple quarterbacking stories in the NFL. And I do believe we uh, set a brand new precedent with the earliest sip of the day in the history of this channel. So if, if that doesn't make it a special day, I really don't know what will. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. We here on YouTube are about to hop into Club Plus, but if you've been listening today, I thank you very much for listening today, and I want you to remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.